You are listening to Studying Pixels, a vacation podcast on game studies and video game culture. I'm Stefan Heinrich Simont. I'm a game studies scholar from Germany. I'm Dan Hughes, a Japanese scholar from Texas. And you can find us every Sunday on studyingpixels.com and wherever you get your podcasts. It's time for some summer vacation, Dan. Shall we go and travel a bit? Yes, yes, we have. I have my uh, my coconut drink ready. I'm sitting in a chaise lounge. I have my swim trunks on. I'm ready to go on vacation. Uh, I want to go. I actually went swimming quite a bit these last couple of weeks, and I realized how much I missed it. Mm. Jumping into that cold pool water. I'm from an area that's really close to the ocean, and uh, I miss every time summer rolls around. I, I get upset if I can't go home and be by the beach for a little bit. So hopefully that's in the future here. Maybe I'm there now. Who knows? <laughs> Probably. That might actually be the case because if you out there are hearing this episode, then it means we're most likely on vacation because this is mm. pre-recorded. We have absolutely no clue what's going on in video game culture right now. And we are very okay with that. Yes. Sometimes these breaks are important. You need to sit back and uh, just take a breather. So it's all about vacation today. I must say, though, I've got a little bit of a childhood trauma when it comes to vacations. Oh, no. <laughs> For a long time, I went on these, um, you know, these club vacations with my parents, with my family, where you have everything booked, like um, uh, basically an all-inclusive vacation booked. Okay. And I remember we went to Tunisia twice. Ooh. The, the northern coast of Africa. mm and the second time round, we, I think, left this club that we were at. Because in this club, you have like a pool and everything's like super neat and everything's super nice. And the people are all at least averagely wealthy. And we got lost a little bit in a nearby town where I saw as an eight or nine-year-old kid people on the street and uh, it was a very we went into a kind of little bit more impoverished area mm. of that of that big city and to me as a child that was not really comprehensible it was like why are why is that that people are so poor here when we have like this huge buffet for example in the hotel and my, my child brain couldn't quite understand that i just felt eerie about the entire thing and that's why in the years that followed i always refused to go on these club vacations. And ever since, I have never been on one of these club vacations again. You had your uh, Siddhartha Gautama moment. You recognized the Four Noble Truths as you left the city walls. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, kind of. And I actually drew some dra drastic conclusions from that. When I was 18 years old then, uh, I decided that I'm going to go to uh, Barcelona without any money and without any hotel and without a sleeping bag. And I just went there basically going homeless for two weeks, <laughs> which was also... Um, Eye-opening. A terrible experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, then you realize, ah, oh, that's why people go to, to club, ho club hotels where everything is accounted for. <laughs> I had a very similar experience when I first went to Japan. And the story I always like to tell is that I spent all my money. Actually, it was it was funded by my school, but I spent all the money on the plane ticket mainly. So when I got to Japan for the first time, I was recreating an old trail called the Nakasendo. And when I got into customs, the customs agent said, where are you staying? 
And I said, I'm, I don't have anywhere to stay. And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, I'm going hiking. And at the time I was maybe 250 pounds. And he looked at me, this Japanese man, he just went, okay. <laughs> I en <laughs> enjoy. Like, yeah, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the bears are relatively fast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it is kind of fun to do those, um, you know, especially if, you, if you've done the club vacations, going and just, you know, sort of surviving on, okay, I've got, I've got some money in my pocket. I'm going to see, you know, where the hostels take me. <laughs> when you go to a new place it can be fun but a little scary too i think that time i went to barcelona that was too extreme it was yeah fun at the time being because i was 18 years old and had not a care in the world about anything but afterwards like in hindsight reflecting upon it i realized that it was also it was just a, a different form of tourism that mm -hmm. is probably not a lot more appreciative of the country's uh, culture and the lives that people have there than going to a club hotel. Yeah, right. It, it can be quite tough either way. And I think probably a good middle ground is the best way to go, where you don't isolate yourself entirely. And just with these club hotels, it doesn't matter where you are because club hotels are the same everywhere. But on the other mm. hand, you also don't have to just pretend as if you were like, you know, among the the working class of that of that country and instead just uh, simply appreciate the culture of the country in which you travel, I, I feel. I think some of the most fun vacations are the ones where you look back on them as you're a little older and say, um, I'm glad I did that, but what the hell was I thinking? Yeah. How could I? How could, How could I? I have done that? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you like this show and you want to help us make it happen, then you can do so because we have this nice little patron a program. It's called Studying Pixels Plus. There you can get all of our episodes entirely ad-free. You'll get a lovely sticker. It is really lovely. And monthly plus episodes. You can go to studyingpixels.com slash plus to find out more. Normally there's like a ping sound here that takes people to the advertisements. But this time around, because we're on vacation, I'm going to play a little bit on my little ukulele that I have here. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And we're back. Time for some vacation in video games because we thought mm, it's a little bit difficult 
to travel still. It's like, I wanted to go to Japan, but I can't. And it's all a bit annoying. So we thought, why not take a vacation in a video game world? That's exactly what we asked ourselves. If we could take a vacation in a video game world, which worlds would we choose? And we've got five each and a, I think a whole long list of unused games that are, that are basically honorable mentions. I put them in there and I thought, maybe, maybe, maybe. Shall we start with, I think, one title or one series that both of us have probably directly had at the top of our minds? You go for it because I chose mine based on the one that you chose. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's obviously... The Persona series, because as I said, I really had plans to go to Japan. And unfortunately, because of the travel regulations, it has just about become possible as far as I'm aware. And even then you need to like apply for a visa and it's not sure whether it will be granted. And even then you can participate in guided tours, but can you really freely move around as a tourist? It's not quite clear. So I decided against going this year and instead I decided that I might take a vacation in Persona 4, Persona 4 Golden, specifically. Ah, yes, back to Inaba, right? Yes, Inaba. Mm, a beautiful little town in the outskirts. And I chose this one exactly because it is such a small, quiet town. I would like to take a vacation in that small village because I feel like it would offer so much in comparison to being in, like in a huge place. That's why I didn't go for Persona 5. I thought I can see a whole lot more just in that confined space and be a little bit more part of the daily life of people in Inaba. I could, for example, in Persona 4, I could take a stroll through the mall and get some nice clothes. I could check out the local ramen bars. Mm, I would just be... They probably make delicious food there. You could try the uh, the Chinese um, hot pot challenge. <laughs> yes, the hot pot <laughs> challenge, which is exists in every Persona game where you have some kind of like food challenge, see how much yeah, you can yeah. possibly gobble down. <laughs> On rainy days. Yeah, gorge yourself. I think that would be that would be a lot of fun, especially because that game, you get so intimately familiar with all of the different places in Inaba. And I think there's that lovely part where eventually your character gets a um, a motorcycle and is able to drive around. And even just those moments of seeing the countryside and uh, driving to different places are so calming. Yeah, you can get a scooter and take a day trip to the beach. Mm. That is amazing. And if you don't feel like it, or maybe the day after, after you've been swimming in the ocean, you're kind of exhausted... So maybe you go into that, there's this bath house that is part of a hotel in which one of the main characters uh, works. Mm. And you could go in there and just like take a nice steam bath. It's probably like a ryokan, so like a traditional Japanese hotel in which she works. Mm, that would be such a dream come true. It is, it is very calming, Inaba, I think. <laughs> if, you, if you take away the fact that there's some kind of... Uh, some kind of god trying to exert control over all of humanity and existence yeah. lurking at the gas station. I think everything everything else is pretty nice. That would be like a wonderful comment on like TripAdvisor. Yeah, right. <laughs> I guess the, the bodies hanging from the rooftops are a little bit disconcerting, but the food was yeah. good, so four out of five. <laughs> Friendly neighborhood, yeah. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> well, I did go ahead and choose Persona 5, specifically Royal, Persona 5 Royal, because there was something so soothing to me about when that game came out, it was right at the start of the pandemic. And I had played Persona 5 years before, and it had a similar experience. But if you remember, it was that came out in around, I think, late April of 2020. And at that point, everyone had kind of settled into the idea that we're, we're in the pandemic, we're in lockdown. So it was so nice to have Tokyo just at your disposal. And having lived there for a time, not only did I love seeing all of the different landmarks and all of the different back alley shops and you know, you can go to, um, you know, the red light district and you can go to all these different places, but there was something just very nostalgic and soothing about the moments where Joker's on the train and just going to school or traveling to different places. It just put me back in a place of living in this big city and being able to get anywhere anytime yeah you can get anywhere you can walk around with an umbrella open and have cool music yeah. play in the background dum, 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 <laughs> dum. Uh, really cool love uh, that most music important, you know what i would do if i were in uh, in persona 5's version of tokyo mm. i would immediately that same night go to the to the bar i can't remember which kind of district that was but it, i think it was in the red light district right yeah, with the Crossroads Bar. Crossroads, yes, exactly. The Crossroads Bar. And I would like to go to the bar. I would like to talk to the to the barkeeper. And I would like to have a drink with the uh, persistently hungover reporter who's always <laughs> sitting. She's always sitting at the bar. She's always like a little bit drunk. Yeah. A little bit tipsy. <laughs> She's such a great character. Yeah, I would love to do that. I think what I would love is... Because this is the great thing about the Persona series is that you really do spend time with different characters. I think I would want to get to know No Good Tora, uh, the the disgraced politician who's out sort of um, hawking his ideals in front of Shibuya Station. I think that would be a, a lot of fun to get to know him. Help him out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Get a good guy in the in office, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Take a vacation and influence politics a little bit in that country. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> always on a mission. <laughs> I think Persona, as you said, it lends itself so well to taking a vacation, mm. whether it is the fictional town of Inaba or whether it's uh, the major metropolis of Tokyo, because every part of Persona just feels so lived in. These dungeons that you crawl through aside... They are very fantastical places. They are mindscapes where you travel into characters' psyches. Mm. But the actual day-to-day -day life, because it has a strong life simulation aspect, they feel so inhabited and so interesting, so appealing for vacation. Well, and I, I should make honorable mention too, Persona 5 Strikers, the sort of sequel that that came out in a, in a weird release uh, over here in the States anyway. Um, that's all about travel. So the the Phantom Thieves go all over Japan. They go to Okinawa, they go to uh, Osaka, Kyoto, they go to all these different places. And so there is kind of an element too, I think, of uh, vicarious travel in the Persona games that it really shines. Maybe it is the best way available to us at the moment to 
actually go to Japan, except for such things like Yakuza, obviously. But I didn't <laughs> choose that. I had it on my mind, but I didn't choose that because that is literally like, there's only the red light districts. And I would always be scared of getting mugged. So I thought, yeah. man, Persona things are a little bit more nice and tame, you know. I think that's a fair distinction. <laughs> <laughs> there's also fantastical worlds in which we could travel. Because while Persona 4's Inaba is fictional, it's very closely related to actual small Japanese villages. Yeah. But I actually have another JRPG that I would really like to travel into, and that is Nino Kuni. Oh, and our hearts, our hearts melt together. Oh, <laughs> what a lovely so world! Cute. It is a game about little Ollie boy who <laughs> lost his mother and then travels slash escapes into this fantastic land, Nino Kuni, which means uh, the second world, if I understand it correctly. Two worlds, yep. Or two worlds, yeah. And uh, there, it is like almost a fairy tale place. It's a huge world, and everything in that world is very cute. Mm. From the way the houses are designed, the forests, an old speaking tree that you can converse with, have a conversation with. But even such things like the food in Nino Kuni is unfortunately so irresistibly delicious. I think that's the Studio Ghibli influence because yeah. those Ghibli films, you could just watch an entire reel of all of the food that they've animated and lose your mind going hungry, I think. I always get hungry when I watch a Ghibli film. It's like you, you watch that film, someone makes breakfast and you think like, oh God, I'm so hungry. <laughs> you know what's funny too is that that uh, opening, the terrifying opening scene of Spirited Away where the parents eat the food and then they turn into pigs. I think I would probably, I, I don't think I would have been able to resist that. I think I would have <laughs> had the same fate of the parents there. Yeah, you're going to be a pig, but is it really that bad? I mean. <laughs> Good life, I think, until you're, well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, until yeah. you're spirited away. But in Nino Kuni, they actually did not only implement very delicious food, but they also made up their own kind of, ingredients and their own kind of food that just sounds so delicious. Just as an example, something that's like from a real world, uh, they, there's like a desert town in Ninokuni. And obviously what you want in the desert is really something to drink because it's so, so dry everywhere. And what they have in this desert town are like uh, milk wells or milk fountains, right? There's like cold milk flowing out of these fountains. And when you're thirsty, you can just go over and you can grab yourself a can or a glass of milk directly from that fountain. Mm, that must, it must be so great when you're like out in the desert and you're like adventuring around or as a traveler on our little vacation, you come in with your backpack and you've been traveling all day and then you come in and you drink that, ah, oh, that soothing cold milk fresh from the well. I love that, that world so much too. And I think that one of the things that I love about it, even beyond just the setting, is that all the characters in both Nino Kuni games, but the first one especially, there's not a hint of cynicism <laughs> to anyone. It's just this lovely place where bad things are happening, but no one is no one is cruel in that in that world. It's a very beautiful place. And you can interact with a whole lot of creatures because Nino Kuni has this Pokemon element to it where you find all kinds of creatures that you can recruit to your party. And of course, if I were just traveling around, I wouldn't build up a party and fight or something. 
But imagine just being able to walk around and just, you know, pet them or, you know, get to know all variants, all kinds of different creatures, whether it's in the in the forest village at the beginning, in the desert or in the um, volcano, the industrial cities, the fisherman's town. It's like, ah, it's all so gorgeous that I think it would just be a wonderful escapist getaway. Well, mine is sort of similar because mine would be, and I think maybe this is a good time to say, these are despite the horrible terrors that may be happening in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we don't have to get involved in that, you know, we're just, no, like, no. We're just travelers. Yeah. Just the, just the place itself, because I would love to go to Spira from Final Fantasy X. I... Uh, there's a bit of a, a pilgrim streak in me with my religious studies background. And the first trip that I made to Japan, like I mentioned, it was recreating a pilgrimage uh, that took place a couple hundred years ago. And there's something to me so lovely about that game in that it's not only are you traveling through this world on a mission, but it is deliberately a pilgrimage to see these different places and spend time in you know, places like Besaid Island, which is beautiful with this gorgeous music, or going to Luka to see the Blitzball tournament. You know, these yeah. there's so many great set pieces. Or the <clears throat> the Meehan High Road, which is just this lovely walk uh, with chocobos on it. I would love to to go into this world and just take the same trip that Yuda and Titus did, minus all the monsters and sin and <laughs> all of this coming down and and uh, causing issues. Basically, without the apocalypse. Yeah, that'd be good. No that, apocalypse that would be good. on my vacation. No apocalypse. Yeah. That would be nice. I mean, that would be a really low <laughs> TripAdvisor rating. <laughs> as, as you mentioned, Blitzball, of course. The thing is that Blitzball, that's a specific sport mini game that was invented for Final Fantasy X, right? And the cool thing about it is that you can imagine it's a little bit like a soccer game or a, maybe like a handball. Is that how you call it? Handball? Where you're yeah. carrying the ball and you're throwing it, but you can also kick it. And you're, all the players are flowing around in some kind of watery stuff. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not actual water, right? Like sphere, sphere mass or something. It's never clear <laughs> in the game what's going on because there's, there's certain points in the game where only there are underwater fights and only people who play Blitzball are the ones that are able to do it. So... I don't know if it's like Blitzball players are just able to hold their breath for 10 minutes <laughs> or if it is this special water. It, I don't, who knows? But it's a cool sport. I'd love to watch it. <laughs> it's a super cool sport. Imagine you sit around this kind of sphere and all yeah. the players are like engaging and you're like cheering and wow, that must be so cool. I played a whole lot of that mini game and I always imagined myself one day being able to witness or even participating in such a game. I would obviously love it. participating would be super dangerous because it's a very full contact sport. <laughs> yeah. Especially when someone uses their special ability and the ball catches fire underwater yeah. for and some reason. You. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> poisoned. <laughs> but just being able to travel that world would be really cool. Would you go from would you also go to all these like shrines that are spread throughout Spira and just, you know, Absolutely. they are basically don't you think that these shrines would almost be like a series of little like escape rooms or puzzles that you would go through as a tourist? Oh, that'd be fun. We're getting into uh, we're getting into Final Fantasy Ten Two territory where the the, <laughs> the temples are made into tourist attractions where games happen. Yes. 
I would love that. Yeah, I think so. I, I, the, the religious scholar in me would love to go to these places and speak to the, the priests and the people who are there, but the, uh, the gamer in me would really like to go and, um, I think in 10 to you have to catch monkeys or, or pair them up or something. Yeah. Either way, I'm happy to do whatever's on, uh, <laughs> on the menu at these places oh final fantasy 10 mm, now i feel like playing that game again i actually played that game a lot while i was on vacation mm, that's fun i was super i was maybe like 12 years old i was uh a bit of a brat <laughs> if i may say so and the thing is that i really love video games so i asked like can i please 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 take my ps2 and i was allowed to and then i was just like while everyone else was like was sitting on the beach i was just like playing final fantasy 10 and i was like stefan don't you want to come to the beach it's like i'm in the middle of a fight i can't yeah time well spent i say <laughs> i that was basically my way of taking a vacation in that game because i just i loved it so much and it was one of these actual club vacations that was not particularly appealing mm. yeah so of course i swam around in the pool and so on but since we did not do a very active vacation i felt like yeah, the time was indeed well spent. I think there's there's something appealing to that game too. I mean, there's a lot appealing to it, but there's something about compared to say Final Fantasy VII, where the world is very cool, but I wouldn't want to live there. I would like to live in Spira. It seems like a very apart. <laughs> again, taking sin out of the equation, that place looks very warm and it looks very friendly, and it just seems like a. A place where I would like to go. I would really love to check out Zanakand as well, because Zanakand is where the where Final Fantasy X starts, and it is almost like an industrial high-tech uh, metropole, you could say. Yeah, at the beginning, for sure. Yeah, it's like almost like a city that never sleeps, basically. Yeah, it is very cool. It's like uh, Tokyo and New York and London and everything all rolled into one. Yeah, it would be a city where you go and you travel there once and you definitely say, well, I, I do never want to live here. <laughs> I'm glad Traveling I through it, you know, <laughs> traveling through it and maybe going to one of these like uh, one of these uh, Blitzball games. That must be amazing. Mm. I've got another small village vacation to propose here mm. in order also to take us away from the fact that so far we've only had Japanese titles. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> and that is everybody's gone to the rapture now this is an interesting one <laughs> mm, it's a weird one it's the thing is everybody's gone to the rapture it's a walking simulator so all you do in this game is you walk around and you uncover a mystery and that mystery is that in a small british town everybody vanished and you can only find traces of their former being to slowly uncover the story behind these people and how they disappeared. And the nice thing about it is that Everybody's Gone to the Rapture takes place in a fairly realistic English uh, town in the countryside, really. And I find that quite appealing. I have uh, stayed in several like small villages in England, and they are usually pretty interesting. Of course, you can do like a London trip, but that would just be kind of it's nice and you should definitely do it i'm not going to recommend not going to london but <laughs> it's also sometimes cool to go off the beaten path to go to the restaurants where tourists not normally go and to venture through like long long hikes from the village across or around the nearby forest and just see what you just run into coincidentally 
that's a feeling that I really enjoy. And that's why I picked Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. It definitely appeals to the quieter kind of vacation where, yeah. as you say, obviously go to London, but there is something very appealing to going to the countryside. And I, I always, when I go on vacation anywhere, I do try to find that restaurant or that pub that people don't, you know, tourists don't normally go to. It's been there forever. It's the local favorite and it's kind of the hole in the wall place that's really better than every other place. Yeah, and you get like the greasiest fish and chips there. Yeah. <laughs> and you're happy for it. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm not sure whether I would want it to be like in Everybody's Gone to the Rapture where I'm literally on my own. I think that would be a little bit boring. Mm. It, it depends on how long it is, but it would be a bit strange if I knew I was all on my own. I would probably get a little bit worried. But if there was if it was an inhabited town, just like a small village in which I could take a vacation, I think it would be really nice because the Wi-Fi connection is going to be so bad that you don't you don't feel as tempted to work. So instead, <laughs> what do you do? You do what you can do there. You go on hikes, you go and get some food, you go to the small, I don't know, the small like grocery store around the corner where you have to think about what am I going to buy so I can make myself a meal. Mm, might be nice. It kind of, pulls you into the moment and out of these concerns for the past or the future. You know, you mentioned how you wouldn't want to see anyone, but I will say, I don't know if you've had a real trip like this, but I, I was very much alone on that first trip to Japan when I was doing this kind of reconstructed pilgrimage. And I remember everyone I met so vividly because I didn't meet a lot of people. And there is something kind of nice to the solitude of traveling and just being kind of alone and then running into, I mean, really not to belittle anybody, but characters like you, you, they, they feel larger than life when you meet them because they're maybe the first person you've seen in a day or two. Those acquaintances are often very precious because the other person might feel very much the same and they might still years back still remember you and who you are. Hmm. That can be really cool, especially when you imagine in such a village like in everyone, everybody's gone to the rapture, you would have the situation that quickly everyone knows that you're kind of like the traveler. You're, you're the dude who basically just comes there and just takes a vacation. And maybe then they would say like, oh yeah, here I'm basically harvesting uh, veggies here and so on. And then they basically sell you one for completely overpriced, but <laughs> also very ecologically produced vegetables. Uh, these kinds of stories. From the sublime to the ridiculous, I have Super Mario Sunshine. <laughs> ah, Super Mario Sunshine. <laughs> yes. So I I love that world. I think that's probably as beautiful as Super Mario Odyssey is. I think that Super Mario Sunshine is the most fun world in a Mario game. I love the Delfino Plaza is beautiful. You know, this, this place um, right in the middle of the ocean under the mountain. And then there's the the carnival area, there's the beach side, and granted, all of these places are, they have all this graffiti on them because of what's going on in the game, but you have somebody like Mario there to clean it up. So realistically, I think you take a, you get a nice tropical drink, you maybe go to the, the fairgrounds and you just kind of hang out there while you watch a plumber clean up all the graffiti. Yeah, you, you get a <laughs> tropical drink and you have delicious fruit that's just hanging around everywhere. Yeah, gigantic fruit that looks so good. Yeah, I think there's uh, uh, every level in that game, maybe except for the last one when, you, when you're going through a volcano, <laughs> feels like a really <laughs> fun place. 
And I think what what's so fun about it too is that this the premise of that game is that Mario and company are on vacation. They're going to this place to have a nice time. So I would like to go to the place where the video game characters go on vacation to also. <laughs> would you want to have this um what is it called? This water water pump flood? Uh, no. <laughs> Or is it called flood? Yeah, yeah. In English, because in German, uh, in, in German, <laughs> it has a completely different name. Oh, what is it in German? I don't, I don't remember what it is in German, but it's like this. It's this kind of like a backpack machine. Yeah. That you can use to basically squish, squirt water either in the in front of you, or you can use it to basically lift off ground a little bit by shooting it below your feet. That would be really cool. I would like that. I would like to be able to hover with it. That would be a lot of fun. I think exploring uh, that island with. <laughs> with the flood or whatever it is in German. Um, yeah, that would be, it would just, it's, it's the most, all the Mario games are fun, but to me that one is, it's set up around the idea of fun because all of the characters are there to have fun. And so it's kind of like Mario party with a story and without all of the anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's, you know, going to these different places to do all these different activities. And I always loved at the end, at the end of that game, when you actually see Mario and Peach enjoying themselves on vacation in the different areas that you've visited throughout the game. Ah, yeti I think I've also got a ridiculous one. Mm. But before we do that, let's take a brief break and we'll be right back to share some more ridiculous travel destinations. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And we are back still talking about some silly possible 
travel destinations and video games, and I think I have picked a fairly silly one, <laughs> and that would be Bug Snacks. Yay! Snacks, that inconspicuous video game that came out at the beginning of the PS5's life cycle, and many just brushed it aside a little bit because they were like, oh, okay, that's a silly bug snacks thing. And it turned out to be a really fun game because the premise is that you explore this island and on this island, creatures reside that are modeled in accordance to food. So, for example, you would get like a little hamburger that's walking around and it's like bunga, bunga, bunga. <laughs> You know, they only say their own name. And the cool thing is that if you eat one of these bug snacks, you have to catch them. They all have their specific ways to catch them. And if you manage to do that, and if you consume one, then a part of your body turns into a snack as well. You know what's really funny? So I I love this game. It it definitely flew under the radar, but uh, one of my favorite things, it, it just got a great sense of humor. And one of my favorite things is that all the characters' names are like Bibbly Grumbledoob and things like that. <laughs> yeah, it's just these ridiculous names. But I remember playing it and I had this moment where I said, okay, so I'm, I'm a character who's being, I'm on, a, I'm on a plane and I'm being called to this sort of desolate location where... It's being billed as a paradise, and then I get there, the plane crashes, something terrible happens, and then I'm met with these items that somehow transmogrify my body, and I realize that things have gone terribly wrong at this place. Is this Bioshock? <laughs> <laughs> Man, yes, it is. It is Bioshock yeah. with fries that can walk. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> With Frida, as it's called. Yeah, yeah. A spider made out of fries. It's not even scary. It, they all got like cute little wobbly eyes. And and the thing is that nobody seems to mind. You just, you eat like a, a like a, a, a jumping little strawberry thing. And suddenly your arm turns into less, like a stack of strawberries. And everyone's mm -hmm. like, cool, you got an arm of strawberries. Nice. Yeah, it's like nobody. Neat? You're not being judged. People are just like, okay, if you, your legs turn into bacon. <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> okay, well, I mean, whatever floats your boat. Look, we've all got our own problems. I'm not going to judge you for what's going on with your legs. Exactly. <laughs> it's like my, my head's a honey melon. <laughs> what do you want me to say? And the thing is, these, these islanders that actually live there, not only do they have silly names, but they are also genuinely nice and charming characters, really interesting characters. I could imagine myself spending like a week vacation in Bug Snacks, living with those islanders, maybe helping them build a shed or whatever they want to do. And always like, you know, uh, in the afternoon, always going on, you know, Bug Snacks, not hunt, maybe I would probably just take pictures of them and I would see which ones I can find. And then I would see which ones I can eat. I'm not sure whether the bug snacks does it do they mind being eaten? I'm not sure. Probably not, because that's their purpose, isn't it? Yeah, they don't seem to. They seem to be I, I think they have enough consciousness to say their own name, like you mentioned, and just follow their little paths. Because it doesn't it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like they're terrified to be eaten. So I'm glad of that. At least it's not Yeah. Yeah. Some some horror show. They do try to escape and some try to attack you. It's a little bit 
like a walking buffet, <laughs> you could <Yeah>. say. <laughs> My God, it gets actually it gets worse. That actually sounds very terrible. It's like yeah, you go through the world and it's like a walking buffet. <laughs> well, it's probably best not to dwell on it. I think. <laughs> yeah, it's best not to dwell. Yeah. There's there's no rhyme or reason to this anyway. I mean, I love this idea though. Yeah, bug snacks would be fun. I, I'm also sensing a, a theme stuff on that. There's a there's a food theme in your in your vacation spots. <laughs> yeah, it's a culinary trip. Really, yes. it's a culinary trip. In Nino Kuni, it's it's culinary in the way that everything is so cute and there's all these like fantastic foods that are just immediately delicious. Bug snacks are not necessarily immediately delicious, but because they have this kind of impact on your body and the body of everyone else, that's what makes them kind of interesting. <laughs> well, I think in keeping with the the funny idea, so I have a little a little game series, little game series that could the Shantae games. So this is uh, are you are you familiar at all with these games? I have vaguely heard of their existence mm. and I, I, but I don't know can you tell me about them a little bit yeah so there's games like half genie hero and um just the the self-titled shantae it came out on the game boy color originally about 20 years ago and it's just a game that it's a fun platformer and you play as shantae who's a a half genie uh, her mother was a genie and her father wasn't so she has these magical powers and she can transform into different animals and they give her different abilities and things. But it's a really, it's a really fun world. Um, it's this fantasy kind of pirate world where you live on an island and you travel to all these different jungle and island destinations to get different artifacts. It's, I, I call it the little game series that could because it always pops up on my radar, but very quietly. And I always enjoy them so much because... The writing in them is so fun. All the characters are very quirky. There's uh, the <laughs> the main pirate villain is a, a lady named uh, Risky Boots. <laughs> and then there's a zombie character named Roddy Tops. It's just a lot of fun names and fun characters. So I think that it's also very low stakes, those games all the time. It's basically just, hey, you got to find this uh, artifact or you got to, you know, beat up some some pirates and it seems like a, a fun pirate adventure that wouldn't be too um stressful <laughs> it almost has a little bit something from a theme park the way you explain it it kind of does feel like it. it it there's yeah it's very destination based where okay here's the here's the gimmick of this world is that you're climbing the entire way or the gimmick of this world is that there's a big slide that you have to time your jumps um or the gimmick of this world is you got to figure out which animal transformation will get you through the uh, platforming as quickly as possible. So there's definitely a uh, here's the here's the different theme of this level to it um, more so than other games that I really enjoy. Yeah, and you could travel through all of these and enjoy them. I actually remember that I have played one of them. I think when I was a child. Because the moment you said something about Game Boy Advance, my mind wandered all the way back through my video game biography. And I think I even played one of them. And it was quite a lot of fun. It's, it's like a jump and run, like a 2D jump and run, those earlier games, right? Yeah, yeah. And she, uh, Shantae uses her hair. <clears throat> she like whips her hair to attack yeah. people. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. And the, the tone is very specific to itself. I don't know that I've played a game that shares its sense of humor it's it's very it just feels like this niche game that just keeps coming back which is really 
I, I always love when that happens, when these tiny little games, they keep coming back. I guess the, the closest thing I could say, the closest thing it feels like maybe to a, a relatively modern game would be like, it, it reminds me of Shovel Knight, the kind of feeling of, oh, this is a world that's very lived in and these characters all have a backstory and it's very funny, but the stakes aren't super high and it just is a little romp. It's a romp. Yeah, I, I think the lived-in quality really is what distinguishes such a good a good travel destination from a an unappealing one, maybe with the exception of everybody's gone to the rapture. But even there, <laughs> even there, even though it's like a, a small village, even that feels lived in. And the traces of people having lived there are what is what makes it appealing. I was going to say, that's very deliberately lived in, past tense. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You're right about that. Even though, even if it's empty, the fact that that it has been lived in, mm. that's what makes it appealing. I think my last one, I, I wondered, can I really do another Japan one? And I thought, yeah, of course I, I can. Yeah. Why, why shouldn't I? I can do whatever I want. It's a vacation episode. <laughs> yeah. Have fun. Ghost of Tsushima. Mm. That would be a wonderful travel destination. I would assume it is nowadays because that's actually a real place you can visit. And the visitations of on, on Ghost of Tsushima, uh, on, on the island of Tsushima, have actually increased quite a lot because of the game, because the game have drawn, has drawn such popularity to the island. I think I would still love to go into the game's version of that island because mm. it's historical. I would have a gateway to the past. It takes place during the, what was it, Mongol invasion? Yes. The origin of the term kamikaze, actually. Ah, and that was uh, in 1200-something, if I'm not mistaken. The 13th it's century. 13th century. It's pretty long ago. And so it's kind of a double vacation. It's on the one hand, a vacation that takes place, and to me, completely foreign place but also in a, to me, completely foreign time. And while I, again, don't want to be involved in the conflict because I don't think I could, I could hold up a uh, katana even half as well <laughs> as the protagonist. As Jin Sakai. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, don't think, I don't think I would be able to do that. But I would love to. Just, you remember this trailer when Ghost of Tsushima was announced and there was a sequence where um, Jin was like riding through a field and it was like slow, like mildly raining and you could like literally like feel the brush of the high grass against your legs. Yeah. Mm, that would just be so gorgeous. I would love to actually go for a ride in Ghost of Tsushima. I would, I would absolutely love that. And that's something that the, the kind of time travel element of it, not that the game is about time travel, but your time travel going back yeah. to this historical time is a really appealing thing, you know, just maybe finding a horse and finding a nice inn and uh, just resting in this absolutely gorgeous world that they recreated in that game. Yeah, sitting atop a mountain or by a river and doing some meditation. Yes, coming up with a haiku. <laughs> Lovely. Sitting in a hot spring and just relaxing after a long day of trekking around with your horse and after some yeah. meditation and then you basically just you just you know chill in a hot spring and just feel like how the water which is so naturally warm warms your entire body mm, that must be so so wonderful well it's funny this this 
is where we both end because I also have a, a one last Japan trip that's also oh. a bit of a, a historical romp. And mine would be Okami. Ah, um, Okami? To go, yes, to go back to Mukashi Mukashi, the long, long ago, in the time, the, the time of the gods. I think uh, not only is it just a beautiful world where there's that element of bringing life back to the world through the the painting of it and this this beautiful aesthetic, but I always think of similar to the meditations in Ghost of Tsushima, the moments where you feed animals, and there's just these sort of beautiful panoramic camera views watching Amaterasu sit with the animals and the cherry blossoms are falling around her and it just seems so serene and so beautiful and i think that to go back to a time that didn't really exist but kind of exists in our cultural memory or the the religious memory of a people is a really appealing thing and plus it, it just seems like a funny world <laughs> so <laughs> i think it would be very funny with all the characters in there especially if i think of the very first village in the game where you could try their infamous sake i think they're brewing their own sake right yeah yeah because they're they're i think they're getting ready to the technically the actual story would be they're brewing it to give to the dragon yamato orochi to lull it into this false sense of security so that um <laughs> that susano could go and kill him right so but Again, it's not as high stakes as that because they're just making sake and having a nice time in their village. I'm sure they have some left over. Yeah, yeah, there's got to be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some that Susano didn't drink. Yeah, that would be cool. But would you have a would you have a brush on you to like basically work your magic in case it's necessary? I think the the perfect way to do it, the role that I would want to fulfill, is and I can't remember his name, but your little companion, the little flea sized companion, who yes is he's the scribe. I would like to be that role where I, my my brush isn't magic, but I have some uh, some paint and some scrolls just to kind of keep track of everything I'm seeing. That would be great, like a travel log. Yeah, yeah, an, an ancient travel log with my my friend the wolf goddess. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, that would be so cool. I think I would probably just as much as any I've picked. I would just as much go to your destinations that you have chosen now. Likewise, especially I, it's. The, the Japanese ones, of course, but you've sold me on bug snacks. I think I would have a really fun time over there. <laughs> Maybe shall, shall we go to vaca on vacation together? Maybe like to Kingdom Hearts. Ah, yes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like part of me felt like that would be cheating because there's so many destinations that it would be. <laughs> that would be a proper theme park ride. That would be like you go to Kingdom Hearts and then you basically just you could just go to Disneyland. Basically. Real Disneyland with all Real the characters. Yeah, yeah, that would be. That would be great. Yeah, I didn't put that on there because hey, you also get the Final Fantasy element where you get to meet people like Cloud, right? So all kinds of fun stuff. <laughs> that would be actually really cool. It's It was yeah. on my unused list, but now that I think about it, I think Kingdom Hearts might be one of the most appealing ones because imagine that if it was an actual vacation and you would have, say, two weeks, you could spend some time by you know on a daily basis going into different Disney worlds and at the same time, you could also take days off where you just like chill in whatever town. I think it's like Traverse is one of the towns in, the, in Traverse Town. And you could fly the, the Gumi jet yeah. through space. It would, and it would be really cool. Kingdom Hearts, if we're if we're assuming that all of these vacations are relatively the same cost, Kingdom Hearts is the most bang for your buck you're gonna get. 
All the different worlds, all the different... Th- yeah, proper theme park, proper theme park. You're gonna have, like, that will be when you return and then you show people your pictures that will be like super annoying because it's like and that's me with Goofy and that's me with <laughs> Winnie Pooh and that's me with Hercules and they're like oh god come on yeah. oh, when is this vacation over when is this ever gonna stop and it's like <laughs> and that was only the first day <laughs> <laughs> and the first game there's so many other worlds <laughs> while we are getting ready preparing our stuff packing up our bags and some bath towels for our vacation in Kingdom Hearts We want to thank you sincerely for listening to the show. If you want to, you can submit your thoughts and questions to studyingpixels.com slash contact. You can, of course, support us by getting Studying Pixels Plus at studyingpixels.com slash plus. You can follow us on your podcast app that you're currently using by hitting that subscribe button and find us on social media to be in touch. We're looking forward to talk to you soon. See you then. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.